0: Action Network Podcast. It's time! Welcome into the Action Network Podcast. This is your UFC Fight Night 205 betting preview. Brendan Glasheen with the usual crew here at the Action Network, senior writer Sean Zarrillo. We have former professional MMA fighter and MMA analyst Billy Ward joining us. UFC Fight Night 205 in inside Nationwide Arena in Columbus, Ohio. So, I mean, you could just call it Fight Night Columbus. Uh, looking forward to it this Saturday. 13 fights, six on the main card, seven prelims. We won't discuss every fight here on the show if you're – New listener. But what we will do is discuss the main event, which we'll get to first. We'll also get into the guys' fight of the night. They also have favorite underdog plays, favorite props. Billy will weigh in with a fantasy angle, a daily fantasy angle. And then, of course, we'll wrap with best bets. So the main event this week Chris Dawkins at plus 310. He takes on Curtis Razorblades at minus 400. Both are top ranked. Heavyweight fighters, you get the sense here, Sean. This could be a a long, drawn out battle, a bloodbath between these two. How are you approaching this fight, the main event this week in Columbus, from a betting perspective?
1: Yeah, Blades can give pretty much every heavyweight a problem with his wrestling game. He is the wrestler. Dawkins is the boxer. But that said, Blades has some pretty good striking. He was piecing up Derek Lewis before he decided to shoot in from across the cage and ate an uppercut and died. Dalkis has a BJJ black belt, so he is pretty skilled in the grappling realm. But a lot of this fight, probably if Blades is winning based on the line, that is what is indicating 80% of the time should be spent with Blades either on top or up against the fence in control positions. Blades is going to put a grind on you. He's going to try to drag you to deep waters and eventually drown you and put you away. But his top game isn't amazing. He doesn't have necessarily great ground and pound, doesn't really have a ton of submissions in his arsenal. So it's going to be more of a grind, like you said, could be a drawn-out affair, could end up going the full distance, and Blades winning a decision all 25 minutes. Should be the better minute winner here with that top control, but Daukas is a dangerous boxer, very sharp hands, good power, but Blades is going to have about 20 pounds on him. The weight advantage should be pretty massive in this heavyweight fight. So once Blades gets on top, I'm not sure that Daukas is going to be able to get up. We've seen some regional tape where he got stuck on his back, seen some regional tape where he sort of fell off cardio-wise after the seven-and-a-half-minute mark. So personally for me, I played Blades in the over one-and-a-half rounds at Caesars. That was minus 115. Absolutely love that price. You can also play Blades in the over two-and-a-half rounds at points bet. That's a prop there, plus 126. I think either of those are solid bets. I'm expecting a Blades late-round finish or a Blades decision. Looked at his late-round props, just didn't think the prices were juicy enough for my liking. So Blades in over one-and-a-half rounds, minus 115 at Caesars my best bet for this fight
0: blades has about 20 pounds on dalkus and then to sean's point like average fight time is a huge huge discrepancy there edge to uh Blade. so we'll see if he can get his way billy how about yourself how are you looking into betting this main event
2: yeah, I'm actually on the opposite side of this one. I think the line being where it's at is predicated on the assumption that blades is the better grappler and he's going to win when they're wrestling or, you know, grappling on the ground. But I don't think that's necessarily the case. You know, those Philly guys have really good submissions. His brothers submitted everyone pretty much that he's fought, you know, they train at the same place. It's not like uh, he, Dawkus can't do it just because we haven't seen it yet. And I'm glad you guys brought up the weight difference. I think that actually favors Dawkins the later this fight goes on. It takes a lot more energy to move, you know, the 260, 265 that Blades is than the Dawkus at 235, 240. So I'm looking at a little bit of Dawkus live as well, but I also like his money line and his submission props because, you know, if Blades can't put them away when they're on the ground, that's a lot of time to be rolling around with the jujitsu black belt. And he's a top end jujitsu black belt. Not all those guys are created equal, but the Dawkus brothers are near the higher end of that as far as MMA guys go. So I'm looking at plus 350 on the money line and then the sub is plus 1600. So,
1: you know, little sprinkle on that as well. One thing I want to add in his last fight against Rosen, strike after getting knocked up by Lewis, Blades looked really tentative. He looked kind of scared to get hit. He did get hit in the eye. His eye swelled up a little bit. He was closing his eyes as he was shooting in for takedown. So maybe some mental things there after getting knocked out. Not all the way back. Almost like a pitcher getting hit with a batted ball coming back at him. Seems to be a little bit tense every time punches are coming his way. So something to look out for with Blades. Maybe Daukus catches him being a little bit tight and is able to put him down.
0: We'll find out if any of these main event fighters are worth a look in daily fantasy. We'll have that later on in the show, a DFS breakdown of UFC
1: fight night two Oh five. Let's move to favorite underdogs. Who do you like Sean? I'm going to go with Chris Gutierrez plus 120 at bet rivers. I know Billy's probably going to disagree with me later on this play, but I like Gutierrez here. Bacharel, very powerful right hand. He's going to be dangerous in the first round might even win the first round. But the longer this fight goes, I do expect Gutierrez to win more of the minutes. Bacquerel has more of the finishing upside. But Gutierrez, much more of the minute winning upside, in my opinion. Kicks to all three levels. He's a really good leg kicker, especially his stop guys with leg kicks before. That said, he's much more diverse in his striking game. Boxing is closer than I think most people would assume it's going to be. Baccarel, good boxer, but he's very much a headhunter. Doesn't target the body, and that's where you can hurt Gutierrez. Gutierrez doesn't get hit to the head as much. So I think it's just a good matchup for him stylistically. seen not react to kicks well in the past. So Gutierrez, plus 120, 50-50 striker versus striker matchup. Going to roll him on the money line. I'm also going to play him by decision at plus 225 at BetMGM. Projected that line closer to plus 166. So about a 7% edge in my projections, both on the money line and by decision for Chris Gutierrez.
0: Sean likes a dog. How about you Billy? It, feel, it feels like you're you're going to be a man talking about dogs quite a bit today. Yeah, a couple of them.
2: The, the other one I'm really interested in is also our fight of the night between Kai Kara-France and Askar Askarov. I'm on the Kara-France side of this. I'm seeing I think plus 240, maybe a little bit higher than Oh, all the way up to plus 300. So we're seeing this as kind of another striker versus grappler matchup with Cara France being the striker and Askarov being the grappler. But if you watch the tape on Askarov, he takes a lot of attempts before he gets a takedown. He's not always landing at a super high percentage. And he also doesn't hold his opponents down very well. And Kara France has shown an ability to get back up when he needs to. So that's where I'm targeting this fight, because we've got 15 minutes between these guys. Kara France probably has the best power in the division. He's got, I think, six or seven knockdowns in his UFC career in seven-ish fights, and that's just a long time to be standing in front of a guy who's going to keep getting back up and keep getting back up. You know, this is a possible title eliminator. I could see these guys fighting for a title next. That looks a lot better if you come out and knock your opponent out than if you just squeak out a decision, which Askarov has done in his past three bouts. So I like Kara France at plus 300, and I also like him to win by knockout at 800. You can get the stoppage at 750. I'll take the better price on knockout because I don't really see a submission coming from the Care of France side.
0: Care of France, you, you mentioned some significant strike st- statistics, and I'm curious. It, very slight edge in strikes landed per minute, but then the significant strikes, the edge goes to Askarov. So I'm curious, Sean, we're, we're, we're talking the fight of the night now for the guys, their fight of the night. Uh, Askarov is at minus 400. And then the plus money is significant on Kai France at plus 300. Askarov has won 14 straight. Both fighters are top five flyweight fighters. Sean, weigh in on this one.
1: Yeah, originally I thought it was pretty binary. And I agree with Billy that the France side, the way to play him is either by knockout or inside the distance. I have him plus 750 at DraftKings inside the distance. Projected that closer to plus 525. So that is the way I'm going to play this fight. I'm going to sprinkle... A tenth of a unit on his inside the distance odds, but on the other side with Askarov, thought he looked absolutely fantastic against Joseph Benavides last time out. I bet Joe B thought it was a terrible bet. Askarov striking looked improved, really just absolutely mauled Joe B in the grappling too. So I do think he's a good wrestler, but we don't really have a lot of tape on Kai Car France's scrambling ability. And at 125 at flyweight, it's difficult to hold people down. Now Car France got his back controlled by Rogerio Bonturin. Askarov, not really the kind of guy who's going to take your back and just sort of hold it. So if Car France is able to scramble up, yeah, he's going to make this fight much closer than the current money line looks, plus 300 on his side, because he is probably the better striker. That said, I think Askarov can keep it closer on the feet than you might expect. Car France, the speed and power advantages. But Askarov, good front kick. can sort of keep you away, keep you at range until he's ready to shoot in for takedown. So I had initially thought about his decision prop, Car France is not the kind of guy who's just going to accept bottom position, though, and sort of lay there for 15 minutes. He'll probably give up his neck for a submission at some point instead of just laying on his back. So I'm expecting violence here. I think this fight ends inside the distance, but I think the much better odds are car France inside the distance, plus 750 at DraftKings.
0: Car France, by the way, just to win the fight, is at plus 320 on DraftKings. So as we always like to remind you on this show, shop those lines and Give yourself the best edge before Saturday. We move on to our favorite props. That was the fight of the night, kind of blended in there with Billy's favorite underdog plays. So we just naturally shifted right in. Let's move to our favorite props for the weekend. Where are you exploring, Sean, in the prop market?
1: Yeah, it's a really good card for prop betting. I'm going to give out a few here that I like. Uh, you know, we just talked about Car France inside the distance, but Mateus Nicolau probably my favorite decision prop aside from Chris Gutierrez by decision, plus 250 at BetMGM. MGM projected that closer to plus 200. Also, like that fight to go to a decision with David Dvorak. Favorite inside the distance prop aside from Car France that would be Alexa Grasso, plus 600 at BetMGM. MGM projected that closer to plus 450. And then Jennifer Maya by submission, plus 1800 at DraftKings projected that closer to plus 1500. She wins that fight, she's probably going to have to do it with her grappling. And if she's grappling, she's going to have a chance at submission. So, plus 1800, probably the best long shot submission board on the card for tomorrow. Billy, your favorite prop, please.
2: Yeah, I'm looking at ilir Latifi by knockout at plus 180. And this really isn't so much because I'm that impressed by Latifi. He's, you know, got a win in this last one, not super aggressive. But he is fighting 44-year-old Alexei Olenek, who's been knocked out in two of his last three fights. This is the same fight we saw last week with uh, Pavlovich and Abdurakhmanov. We've got an older guy, you know, well into his 40s, taking a couple knockouts. As Sean likes to point out, could be even older than that. I don't know. He might be 50 for all we know, these Russian fighters. So, you know, your chin doesn't get better with age. Your defense doesn't get better with age. Once those knockouts start coming, they don't really stop. And he's also a smaller heavyweight, Olenek, that is. His last weigh-in was 228, so you know he's facing a much bigger, much stronger guy, well into his 40s. I think Latifi eventually finishes this one.
0: Feels like uh, Olenek is getting a generous 240 uh, weight total. Is that, that, does that feel generous? Or I
2: haven't, I haven't seen the weigh-ins today. I've got topology with his 228 at his last fight. He might have came in a little bit heavier, but okay. you know he's six two. He's not like a little guy or anything. But
0: true. Fair. We'll move on to our Daily Fantasy Outlook for UFC Fight Night 205. It's in Columbus, Ohio. Brendan Glasheen with Sean Zerillo, Billy Ward. We still have best bets on the way, so be sure to stay tuned for those. Okay, Billy, so as I like to ask you each and every week, when you look at the contest, you jump in and you're trying to figure out, make sense of the salaries, who makes sense to anchor this week's lineups if you were trying to put together a GPP.
2: Yeah, you know, I'm I'm going a little bit off the rails here and trying to get one of either Dawkins or Cara France in each of my GPP lineups. They're both cheap. I, I don't think they're going to be super under-owned, but, you know, those underdogs usually come in a little bit less than the favorites. And both guys, if they win it, it's probably going to be by a finish. You know, for cash, I'm kind of okay playing the favorites a little bit more, but those are my two favorites for GPPs.
0: Okay, very nice. So both main event fighters should be involved, according to Billy, in cash games, but those GPPs you can – Spend a little bit more. How about finding some of those middle-tier fighters with salaries?
2: Yeah, you know, I don't really love a ton of the greater than 9,000 salary fighters this week. Just there's not great stoppage on most of those. So for my GPPs outside of, you know, Blades, if you're mixing him in, and Kizreve, who was just added to the player pool at 9,300, I think those guys have pretty good... Uh, salaries for their expected outcome but I really like Bat Jarrell at 8500 Latifi as I mentioned at 86 Slavikos is 87 and then Neil Magny 88 I'm kind of mixing and matching those guys in with most of my lineups I think they all have a decent shot of winning by stoppage so we can get an extra one of those guys versus a super expensive fighter and then we need to find some value which I mentioned right. Cara France and Dawkins. I also like Nicola. Sean brought him up he's 7800 on DraftKings salary so that's another one I'm looking for on the cheap side
0: so, Sean, if you want to jump in, I know this is more of Billy's wheelhouse, but it feels like based on our betting discussions of finding value in some of these fighters that have these longer shot odds, it is a it is a pretty good week from a DFS standpoint to kind of jump in and, and you have that edge. from a, If you're di- dissecting things from a betting angle for this particular weekend, you might have an edge there tracking value in daily fantasy, it feels like.
1: Absolutely. You know, I, I try to align my DFS picks, not necessarily with my bets, but with fighters who I think are cheaper and can finish or who I think have safe floors for cash games who are more expensive. So the the guy who really stands out this week is uh, Ali Kizriev. Uh He's like minus 1200 on the money line. He's minus 350 to finish inside the distance. Billy, are, are you putting Kizriev in all your lineups? Or are you looking to fade the market with him? How are you approaching Kizriyev? Because I think how you handle him is sort of, you know, where you get to start this week?
2: Yeah, I think I'll probably have him in most of my lineups. I like to have, you know, one or two just in case he wins with the disappointing score. But he came in a little bit cheaper than I thought, given the betting market that you put out there. I thought he'd be 96, 9,500. And then at 93, he's just a really tough fade, which is, you know, why you can't really afford one of those other expensive fighters which then leads me to the care Francis and the Daucuses. but you know, I'll probably do at least one or two lineups going in the other direction, just in case he, he could win and score 70 or 80 points and be a disappointment. All
1: right. Yeah. Good. As I always like to point out too, there's, there's three women's fights on this card. And anytime you get, you know, two, three women's fights on a card, there's a good chance that at least one of those fighters is going to be in the optimal lineup and they tend to be under owned relative to the male fighters. So Good way to start, you know, with your lineups. If you're using optimizers, take one or two of the female fighters, you know, make them around and, and build some lineups around those because good chance that you'll have a unique lineup compared to other competitors. Yeah. I,
2: to that 13. point, I really like uh man on Fioro, but they're all really expensive. Like we're just not getting those fights with the closer salaries from the women, which makes it a little bit tougher. Cause you almost have to have a stoppage when your fighters over 9,000, but Fioro throws over 80 strikes per round. So she might be the one that can score enough points without getting a finish and still make it to the optimal, even at what, 92, 9,300, something like that. Yeah,
0: 9,400, most expensive. So there you go. That's good stuff. But another week where we have, uh, at least in the DraftKings contest, five salaries north of of 9,000 or more, which in previous weeks, one more top heavy, and then it kind of, comes down a notch. Before we wrap up this episode here on the Action Network podcast, we have to get to best bets for UFC Fight Night two hundred five. We'll go Sean then Billy.
1: Yeah, you know, I I was actually going to say that Gutierrez was my best bet. I think that Blades and over one and a half is probably my best bet on this card. I really like that number. Again, minus one fifteen at Caesars, you could parlay those two numbers together: Blades and the over one and a half rounds. And it's one of the few books that'll let you do that, but. I just want to talk about one more fight here before we go that I am betting that I like quite a bit for this weekend. The featured bout between Brian Barbarina and Matt Brown. Both these guys are kind of washed at this point, to be honest with you. But Barbarina is nine years younger. Trust his volume more. Trust his cardio more. Trust his durability ever so slightly more. I don't really expect Brown to come out here and have some grappling success. And I'm surprised that the line is close as it is. I would make Barbarina closer to 60% here. Also like the fight to end inside the distance, made that closer to seventy percent. Round minus two twenty, so just under seventy percent. So Barbarina minus one hundred eight at Fanduel. Fight to end inside the distance minus one eighty six at Fanduel. Like that fight pretty much as much as the Gutierrez or the Blades fights this weekend.
0: And Billy Ward, your best bet for the weekend.
2: Yeah, before I totally disagree with Sean on my best bet, I gotta say I'm on the same side on the uh, Brian Barbarina. I- could have sworn Matt Brown retired like five, six years ago. And he every did. time I, he came back. Yeah. Yeah. And every time I see him fight, I go, this is the last time we're seeing Matt Brown in the octagon. And then he gets booked for another one. I have no idea how he's still doing it, but anyway. Um, yeah. I'm going with Gerald Dana or Dana Batchel. They seem to have switched his first and last names lately. I get where Sean's coming from on the Goodyear's angle. I do. I just think Batchel's volume and his kind of overwhelming style one plays really well to the judges if it goes that far, but two, he's going to catch him at some point. I just think he's going to land something to the head where Gutierrez is going to live off leg kicks. The caveat to that, I will say, is if it looks like Gutierrez is landing leg kicks early, I'm willing to hedge off that bet with a live bet on him, especially if Bachelorette wins the first round but eats a few leg kicks in the process, then I'm probably going to fire live in the other direction and try to hedge that one
0: off. Great stuff, gentlemen. Looking forward to it this weekend. Again, UFC fight night. 205 Inside Nationwide Arena in Columbus, Ohio. 13 fights. We just gave you a full breakdown. The six main card events, seven prelims. Great stuff from both Sean Zarillo and Billy Ward. You can find their great work over on the Action Network. Thank you again, everybody, for tuning in to the Action Network podcast. That was a UFC Fight Night 205 betting preview. I'm Brendan Glasheen. We will catch you next time. Best of luck this weekend.